Welcome to the Backend Brain Podcast, a podcast dedicated to exploring the latest innovative system solutions and technology trends so that your business operations and systems can function like a backend brain as brilliant as you are. I'm your host, Courtney Lazar, the founder and CEO of Systems Up, a team of professional systems champions and educators on a mission to prove that with the right tailored to them tools, systems, and automations can help entrepreneurs go big without breaking down. So sit back, relax, and let's dive in. Okay, everybody, I am so excited for today's episode because we're with Lindsay Maloney, who is a business coach and host of the top-rated podcast, Book Your Dream Clients. She helps coaches scale their businesses by building out signature offers and designing client packages. So Lindsay, I would love for you to give us a little bit more information about yourself, who you are, how you got started. We want to know all the things. I have started this journey a long time ago, many years ago. And as repetitive as I feel when I say this, I always am amazed that I started this over 10 years ago when I had one kid. Now I have three. And I also started this when Instagram wasn't even a thing and Zoom wasn't even a thing. Um, Pinterest was, you had to be invited to be on Pinterest. And so I started a long time ago, but I started because I had a transformation that was noticed amongst people that knew me. I had lost 90 pounds after having my first baby. And that was just me like sharing these really terrible selfies on Facebook, you know, like, wow, okay, like this, this whole eating right and working out thing actually has something to it. And people started reaching out to me that knew me and they're like, how are, how are you doing this? So I kept saying the same thing over and over, stop eating crap and just like eat real food. It's, I don't know, I guess it's rocket science, right? And then I decided, okay, well, this is really interesting to me. How can I learn more? So I started to dive into health and nutrition. I got some certifications. I led um, personal training sessions in my basement for $10 an hour while my baby napped. And I I did this for a few years and it was really fun. My website was a free thing that I could just get online. It was terrible. I think it had like music in the background and crazy, crazy colors, you know, those, you know, those websites. And I had no idea what I was doing at all. And so my second baby came along and I just, I deactivated everything. I think Instagram first came about like we're sharing like oatmeal, oatmeal photos. And um, I'm like, I'm deactivating everything. I shut off Facebook, shut off Instagram, website. Everything was completely done. I was done. I just wanted to focus on the baby. And of course, you know, she was about maybe a year old. And I turned Instagram back on on my phone because I was in a waiting room at a doctor's office and I was bored. And I was tired of just checking the weather app and the news. (laughs) And like, I need something else. And then I started to see all of my, you know, the health coaches that I used to follow and know and talking about their business. And it just got me really hungry to be back in that space again. So I put my health coaching business back online, but I decided to do it the right way. And I joined a business program. It was like a 30-day accelerator for your health coaching business. And I finished it in two weeks because I'm a major overachiever. And if I like something, I'm, I'm all in. And then I fell in love with the business side of it. And I thought, okay, health coaching is great. I'm always going to be passionate about this, but the business I love, 
I mean, I have a degree in business. I played office all the time when I was little. Why am I not a business coach? So I went all in and I invested in my first coach and I started my business coaching journey. Um, My daughter is going to be nine next month. So it's been just about that many years since I've been business coaching, which is insane. And since then, I've managed to build six-figure business, multi-six-figure business while raising three kids now homeschooling them. And I have a full-time job too. And I'm really passionate about helping women do this and they can have everything. They don't need to let go of something to have this. They can balance both. They can balance both. They don't have to quit their job. They don't have to do anything they don't want to. And that's just kind of like the fuel in me. Like you can, you can do this. Um, Let me show you how to keep it simple, but really effective. I love that. Also, just as a mom myself, I have a 19-month-old little boy and I've had my business for, it'll be six years this year actually. And just the changes that I've experienced, you know, when I found out I was pregnant and having to make shifts in my business and then went on maternity leave and then, you know, now I'm mom and how do I balance those things and how how I've had to shift my business or my role in my business to be more, um, accommodating, I guess, flexible for the lifestyle that I have now. Because, you know, when you start your business, you start it at a completely different, I mean, you started yours 10 years ago and you started at a completely different point in your life. And so, you know, mine was, you know, five, six years ago, oh, I want to travel and I just want to be location independent and be able to be my own boss. And then those priorities shift as life changes. And, but the beauty of it and, you know, what you're doing is you're teaching people that their business can shift with their life. Right. And that's the, That's, I think, one of the greatest things about running your own business is like you get to choose what it looks like in order to support the lifestyle that you need in this phase of your life. And I think that's like so incredibly important and like one of the the happiest things. I, I always think to myself, I'm so glad I did this when I did because now it's made me be able to be present with my son. I get to be home with him, but I also still bring in an income and I'm able to live life the way that I want to because of a decision I made five years ago that, you know, having a family was not even, you know, really in, it was in the back of my mind, you know, it wasn't something that was, I thought was coming anytime soon at least. And uh, so, yeah, I love, loved hearing that story just because I can resonate and relate to, um, you know, those pivots and changes that we have to make to to our business. And our yeah, life. well, it's necessary. And so many people think they have to keep doing the same thing all the time. And they're so afraid to change because they're so afraid of what other people will think. And that is a huge block in many yeah. coaches' lives right now is they're afraid to change because they don't know what will happen. And it's really important to me to be vocal about the pivots and the adjustments that I've made as your kids get older. I mean, your time changes so much and then your mm-hmm. desires change too for how much you want to be in the office and all of that. So it's like, if I have a signal in my brain that this needs to change, I listen to it and I ask myself, why is this coming up? Like what's going on? What's wrong? And I listen to myself. I take some time and then I make changes as needed. And I don't, I don't ignore those anymore. And it's important to not, especially as a mother, your kids are more important than anything in the world. And if they're not, well, we need to talk and your kids, your kids come first. So yeah. 
I agree. Over anything. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And that's the same conversation you all have with my husband. Like if something's going on with work or like it's just getting to be a little bit too much, like workload wise, it's not ever a situation where we just sit and be, be complacent. It's like, okay, like what do we need to change to make this workable for both of us? Like to make this feasible, but so that we're still showing up as mom and dad first, like that's our priority, you know? So, um, and I know like one of the main things that you focus on with your clients is making sure that their business is able to um, scale in a way that allows them to sort of have more consistent recurring revenue so that they're not stressing themselves out so much by, you know, going launch to launch, so to speak, or always in live launch mode, which anybody that's listening to this, that's launched mm-hmm. knows that's an exhausting <laughs> process in itself, constantly having to show up and, and be in that, um, state of mind all the time is it, it drains you. So what would you say are really the most important points, um, for business owners in keeping, um, to keep in mind when they're growing their business, that they're able to have a more sustainable. That's income. such a big question. And it's going to look different for everybody. Yeah, I mean, I'll have clients come in and say, I want a business just like yours and I'm going to do everything just like you do. And then I think, okay, well, I do the, I do the things because this is what I need to do. Like my day does not look like anyone's and no one's day is the same. And so it really looks like, you know, having the basics up first. I like to, I like to start with, you know, if you're a coach and you want to work one-on-one with clients, do this first, have your one-on-one sales page up on your site. So it's there. And then I want you to have people apply to work with you and then cut off your ties to any outcome that could happen. Don't rely on one-on-one clients to come into your business and give you recurring income. We don't want to we don't want to set ourselves up for that. Like that's the the biggest lesson that I could teach all coaches is stop relying on one-on-one clients. And you might be thinking, "Well, isn't that the whole point?" And yes, we do, you know, working with clients is amazing, but is it sustainable? Is it a long-term vision? Probably not. I mean, I've been working with one-on-one clients for years, but I also have seen my business pivot to where I'd rather show up on a group call and just teach and then go because it's a lot to work one-on-one with clients when I have to run downstairs and then teach one kid uh, long-term division and then fractions and how to read. Like, So I have to really measure where my energy is going. So one-on-one clients, treat them as bonuses that come into your business and then let go and then move on. The next thing is, you know, create a place where people can learn from you, where it doesn't require so much of you. I'm talking a lot to people who have a full plate. So for me, that's my signature program and people can join it and go through it on their own. And then a recurring income that can look different for everybody. That can be payment plans. That can be a membership. That can be so many different things. Don't do everything at once. I mean, learn from somebody who you resonate with on what you should do next. But there's so many ways to do this. And I see a lot of people joining my stuff and thinking, well, I'll do what she says and take notes and be the best student ever. But then they stop because they're like, well, I can't because I have this and I have that. And no one does anything. And then they just stay stuck in student mode. And student mode and coach mode are two different things. And you need to be both. But you cannot stay stuck in the student mode. Otherwise, you'll never be coaching anybody. And it's important to take action. I always tell everybody, you got to move. If you want to stay relevant in this space, you got to move and take action. Building off of that, what would you say are some of the most common mistakes then that you'd see business owners making when they are either structuring or presenting their offers um, online? Okay, so structuring your offers is being too too attached to it. 
I, for example, if you're going to launch like a thousand dollar program, I, I always recommend sell, sell the program and create it as your students are going through it. Like that's the basic thing that I could say. And then when it comes to actually selling it, that's a whole different thing, right? So how, how are you selling it? If you are, if you haven't posted to Instagram in a month and you've just been showing random quotes from somebody else because you don't know what else to post, it's going to be a lot harder for you to sell something in your story because people are like, well, where, where is this coming from? How, how, I don't even know why I would need this. But if you've been showing up and creating community and a connection with people and showing people that you know, I can get you results, whether it's with prior clients or students or yourself. If people are seeing that, then they're going to want more. It just takes time. There's no like, if you post with these colors and these fonts at 5.30 a.m. using these, this set of hashtags, that's, there's, that's not going to happen. Your people will want to be in your world every time you sell something. If you show them that you are living the life that they desire and so it's kind of like you're walking through a like a, a messy forest and you're way ahead of them and they're just following you because they trust you and they know that wherever you're headed, they're along for the ride and they know that you can help them. That's the leader part that we need to apply to being coaches. And so many people are missing that. They're just saying, well, I have a website and I'm on Instagram. Why isn't anyone buying from me? But are you showing people that you've even done this before? Yeah. Are you showing them that you know what you're even talking about? Yeah. That seems basic, but a lot of people aren't doing that. Yeah. And I think that's with a lot of, you know, things with in business in general, but in life as well is just you want to, you're always looking at the person or like wanting to model your life after the person whose shoes you want to be in type of a situation, right? Like you, like if I'm seeing a certain business owner, I really admire how they run their business or how they're showing up for their business. Those are the people I want to learn from, right? Like I want to learn from the people of where I want to be in the future. And there's like what you just said, the only way for people to know that is by showing up in those ways, not just like, hey, I'm going to post and do this at this time and, and share a random quote that makes absolutely mm -hmm. no sense to what I'm doing or offering and scratch my head and wonder, you know, hey, what's going on? I try to put yourselves in people's shoes in terms of like, what do, what would you want to see? Like if you wanted to go and choose your mentor, what do you want to see from that mentor? Why do you select those people? And I think that's the biggest driver in that is like, um, and just like personality too, you know, I, we, um, recently had like a big redesign of our website and there's like a lot of, you know, great designers out there. And the girl we ended up working with, um, was just somebody that I really just admired mm -hmm. as a person. Like, obviously her work is incredible, but like, I really clicked with her on a personal level. I related to her. And I think in the remote space, I think that's something that's also incredibly important because we're not having that human to human connection as much and being able to establish, mm -hmm. you know, that no like trust factor, you know, as an example in a remote space and building that type of relationship I think is so important because that's what's going to get people to want to be in your, your yeah, circle, it's like so to speak. Pre-qualifying people to be in your space. You know, I don't have to share that I'm a homeschool mm -hmm. mom, but the homeschool moms who join my space are amazing. I don't have to share that I work from, from, home, from home full yeah. time. Like those little pieces of you that seem so mundane and boring and like, why would anybody want to know this? It's, it's like, it's such a great way to say, Oh well, I I have nothing in common with this person. I'm not gonna I I don't resonate with that. 
it's, you know, the person who wants the laptop lifestyle travel, they're not going to probably want to be in my space because I'd rather be home and with my kids. So, you know, so it's like, yeah, it's pre-qualifying yeah. people who are coming in and, 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 you know, maybe they will gravitate towards that, but it's, it's another reason for you to live a happy and confident life because that's what people want to be a part of. And I know like another uh, part or aspect of your business is really helping entrepreneurs step fully into that seat in their CEO shoes, right? Like stepping into that CEO role so that they can successfully scale their business. And I know you've mentioned that a common roadblock that you see here is that people are doing the binge buying programs and courses and kind of hiding underneath the student cap, kind of like what you previously talked about, um, rather than really stepping into a leadership role. And we actually see that a lot with systems when we're working with our clients. And a lot of the times people will come to us and, um, you know, they either want to uh, buy new tools or new softwares and they're constantly bouncing from one thing to another or they, uh, they've gotten to a point where they're kind of like in a hamster wheel of like, I'm doing, 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 but I can't extract myself. And so we come in and like help build a system so that they're able to have something um, that makes it easier for them to delegate to more successfully step into that CEO role. So how can business owners avoid getting stuck under the guise of this student cap and fully stepping into their role as an entrepreneur or a CEO? It all comes back to confidence. Like, yes, it's the reason why I think people stay so, so stuck in researching systems and learning things and educating and joining all the programs is because it's so comfortable to do that. It's so comfortable to have your head down and working on things yeah. and researching things. And, oh, well, I, I just got a new email service provider, so I'll be working in the back end for, you know, three years. And it's like, <laughs> that's not going to help anybody. Why, why, why do you choose to do that? It's because it's yeah. really comfortable. No one is going to judge you. No one's going to reject you. No one's going to say no. No one's going to say, well, I'm, you know, that's not for me, like, because you're busy working. And, you're also showing, you know, your family behind you that you're working on your business. And well, yeah, once she gets everything going, then, you know, everything will start working because once you, once you're done learning and you're taking your student cap off and your research cap off and you put something out there, that's when all the cards are down. And that's when everything like is all the work. Did it pay off? And I, I think that's why people stay stuck doing that. And yeah. I, I was there too. I mean, how many hours did I compare ConvertKit to Active Campaign back in the day? You know, how many blog posts did I have yeah. to have up on my screen before I just said, you know what, just pick something and go? Yeah. And when I see people taking too much time, they're really just procrastinating and sitting because they're afraid of moving forward. Yeah. I was actually just as you were speaking, because I know I've had instances like that for myself as well with my business. And I always put it from a point of like perfectionism, like, oh, it has to be perfect before it rolls out, right? Like this has to be perfect. But perfectionism is just another form of procrastination and taking that messy action, so to speak, is really is what's going to be the driving force into making those changes and getting it to that state of perfection, not that we ever really reach that, but it helps us to uh, like take the steps that we need to, to get it closer to what we want it to look mm -hmm. like. It's, you know, beta testing basically, you know, let's get stuff out. Let's see how it goes. Kind of like what you were talking about with, um, you know, launching as you're building type mm -hmm. of the, that scenario. I think that's a good example because like we're getting people in there, we're seeing what they like, we're getting their feedback, we're making changes, we're building something with our community so that it better fits their needs because that's who we're serving. You know, you're you're never once you get everything perfect, it 
two days later, you're going to like, oh, I wish I could go and change this. So it really doesn't matter. And, you know, someday you're going to get so busy where you're like, I haven't even been in the back end of my website because I've just been too busy and I don't care. It's good. You have to like accept where you are right now. Otherwise, you're always reaching for something else and you're not happy with where you are now. And that the key to having a business that is successful and thriving and that makes you happy is being happy now, not when everything's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And I know like obviously we've talked a lot in this episode too about, you know, not always having our student cap on, but, you know, really stepping into the CEO role. But obviously there are points in time where like, okay, we need to learn about something. We need to do something to um, move ourselves forward. So what would you say as business owners, how can we determine whether or not it's beneficial to actually start to invest in a training or a course to help us get us to the next step? And what would you say are the main contributing factors that they should look for before deciding to make that investment? Well, I will invest in something that I know I need to learn. Like for example, a few weeks ago, I invested in a Facebook ads course because Facebook ads mm-hmm. change every 25 seconds. So yep. <laughs> I, I trust the person that I have invested in because I've worked with her before. So I always keep people in the back of my mind. Okay. When I'm ready to you know hit the on button on Facebook ads, I'm going to learn from her because I know she stays up to date on things. I don't invest in things because it's trendy or because everyone else is doing it or whatever. I only invest in things when I need it to make my business move forward. I don't invest because I need a write-off for the month or anything. It's it's because right. I need it and I need to learn something. Um, but I also, you know, hear a lot. Even today, I heard I'm in a I'm in like I'm constantly being mentored and I don't have time to implement things. And it's like, okay, but how many times out of out of the week are you saying, okay, mentorship is for this day, learning is for this day. Tomorrow, I have to take action. I had to literally assign a day of the week where I learn because otherwise we love, we love learning, right? We could just Mm -hmm. learn all day long, but I had to say, Lindsay, on Tuesdays, you can learn stuff. And then the rest of the week is when you're going to be taking action. That's what works for me. And I think that a lot of times we don't delegate time for learning and then either it's neglected or you do it too much and then you're not acting on anything. So if you have to write down on your calendar, today I will be learning this, then do that. You have to be mindful of your own habits. Yeah. And I I think I fall under the learning too much category, but mostly it's because, and I'm not making an excuse for myself, (laughs) but because we do systems, there's always a new tech software coming out. And like, well, that's like one of our jobs is to know like about this new software. And so I'll kind of dive down a rabbit hole of a new platform and I'll want to play around and learn. And the next thing I know, like four hours of my day is gone. I'm like, oh my gosh, like I needed to do all these other things. But in my mind, I'm justifying it because I'm like, well, this is part of my job. (laughs) Like I need to know these things, but I do. I love learning. Like I, I loved school to be very honest. Um, but I love learning. And I love, especially when it comes to my business and things that, you know, pertain to my business, I love continuing to expand on those things. And, but I love that you do like a time blocking type of, uh, you know, scenario with that as well, because we teach time blocking to a lot of our clients because that is, you know, a self system, so to speak. Um, but I love that you, uh, you know, recommend allotting a portion of that to education or development in some way, because 
if you don't, then you get in a situation like me where you spend half your time mm-hmm. wasted, <laughs> not necessarily wasted, right. but you know, not, not where it needs to be for a period of time. So yeah, you don't want to end your day thinking, where did this go? And now I have 30 tabs open on my browser and I really didn't accomplish yeah. anything. <laughs> exactly. Yes. And I know, um, you know, for business owners, um, to build a business that we actually enjoy and love. I know that's a lot of the reasons why we started. Like we had a passion project. We have something we really love. We build a business and it grows and then we get burnt out. And we are just kind of in this overwhelmed state all the time and we're not loving our business anymore. And so that's when a lot of the times when we have clients come to us is like, okay, hey, I'm burnt out. Like, again, I'm in this hamster wheel. Like, help me get out because I don't love my business anymore. I know I need to delegate. I know I need to... um, step back and kind of like rearrange things so that I can be in that visionary or passionate role again in my business. So what can business owners in your opinion do to make sure that they build their business in a way that allows them to be that creative visionary, or at least be able to stay in that role as much as they can and keep doing the things that they love. Sorry to interrupt this episode, but this will be real quick. If you started your business, you are your own boss, but along with being the CEO, you're also the accountant, the marketing manager, creative director, executive assistant, and many more titles. If you don't do it, it doesn't get done. And if you need help doing it all, you need HoneyBook. HoneyBook is an online business management tool that organizes your client communication, booking, contracts, and invoices all in one place. With HoneyBook, you can automate your busy work and they have a ton of easy to use templates for emails, proposals, brochures, and invoices. I personally use HoneyBook to simplify my booking process in my business and stay on top of inquiries and clients in my pipeline. All you have to do is go to the link below in the show notes and sign up today. Alrighty, now let's get back to the show. I can speak from experience very well. For me, I need to feel creative. And if I'm not, then I know something's going on. And so again, it's being really mindful of your signals. So I know when I can't think of anything to you know, teach or anything that I want to learn, I know there's something there. And I am very protective over my time. If I, I told my mom the other day, I said, sometimes I feel like my plate is so full that if somebody just put like one little piece of parsley on it, it'll all just fall on the ground. And she's like, well, <laughs> make sure you don't let that happen. Like, you know, life just happens, right? So yeah. in our business, when we have too, when I have too many things on my plate, I'm, I feel just instant resistance towards anything that's on my to-do list, anything that's coming up. Like I, I'll, I want to slide it over. I want to say it's complete and it's not. I don't want to do it. And so for me, it's time, 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 time. There's not enough time. If anyone asks me, what's your biggest you know, block in your life or businesses, I don't have enough time. I wish that I could just not have to sleep so I could just work on this more or I could you know, work yeah. on homeschool more, whatever it is. And so if that is my main red flag, then I need to make sure I'm buttoning up things really tight in my business. And that's what I did last year. I had to draw new boundary lines with clients, with students, with anyone coming into my world. And I paid attention to what was really draining me. So what was draining me was seeing 30 Zoom calls coming up on my schedule. That was for the next year. Like literally, I remember sitting down Christmas 2021 and seeing I had Zoom calls booked all the way through the end of 2022. And that was so exhausting just to even see. 
And I was like, I created a monster. My kids are getting older. I don't have nap times anymore. How am I going to get myself out? And a lot of people might, you know, I remember having a client get a quick glimpse of my Asana calendar and she was like, I wish my calendar looked like that. And I was like, why? Why would you want your calendar to look like this? It is insane. Um, So I had to make hard decisions and tighten things as tight as possible and just be very careful of how much I give in front of a screen because that was draining the heck out of me. And I have to catch myself sometimes. Sometimes I'll run um, like uh, last month we ran a live program and I said, okay, you know, today is the Q&A call and we're alive together, but I don't allow people to come. I, I'm, I'm very strict. I don't allow people to come on and ask me questions on the Zoom call. I want them to submit them. And so yeah. we ran through all the questions and I said, okay, well, if you have any more questions, just put them in the Facebook group. And I said, no, Lindsay, you're going against your rules. They had their chance to ask their questions. The container is closed. It's over. And I have to catch myself sometimes because we can feel just when we're in that real high of coaching because we love to do it. We want to just keep offering more and more and more. But once that moment comes, what if, what if those 30 people decide I need to ask her a question right now, you would be like, I'm closing the laptop and walking away. You have to watch what you say and think if the most, the maximum could happen from this offer, can you sustain it? Can you make this last? And pay attention to that because you might not be able to. So it's always like, think about the biggest thing that could happen for you. Are you able to show up the same? If not, you need to make some changes. Yeah. I love that you said that because um, like I mentioned, I have a 19 month old and originally our game plan was, okay, I'm going to go on maternity leave. I'm going to come back after, I think it was eight weeks and like start to ease my way back in. And I didn't really have a plan. I kind of planned to not have a plan because that was a first time mom. I had no idea what it was going to be like, but I'm also like a very type A, like I have a schedule and a routine. And I thought like, oh yeah, we'll be able to heal nap from this time to this time. And like, I'll have plenty of time. And then the world of motherhood slaps you in the face real Mm -hmm. quick and says, oh no, like you think you're going to have a schedule. (laughs) Well, think again. Or if you get on one for a moment, of time, then everything changes. And so I got into this place. It was December of 21 as well. Um, right after I had had him where I was completely burnt out because I was trying to, okay, he's napping. I'm going to hop on my computer or like, he's quiet for a minute. I'm going to be on my computer. And I was like, just spreading myself way too thin. And I am a person that I want to deliver good quality work and like show up and be present in whatever I'm doing. And it got me to the point where I was just like not showing up a hundred percent in these different facets of my life. And it was really, really overwhelming me. And so I had to make a decision at that point in time, which is kind of why I said what I did about, you know, we can build our businesses to support the lifestyle that we need um, at that point in time in our life. And so what I, the decision I had to made was, okay, I need to shift into a different role in my business. I need to delegate to specific people on my team. And moving forward, I had put very specific boundaries around my time. I told my team, okay, I talked to my husband. He was going to be off on Wednesdays. Okay. Wednesdays is my full in work day. You guys have me hundred percent. The remaining days of the week, I will check in at these times and these times outside of those times, my laptop is closed. I'm not showing up and that's, and, and it worked. And it, I, that's the, still the same routine I follow to this day um, because it's giving me structure and like some boundaries around my time. 
because I was getting, when I didn't have those boundaries or that structure, I felt like I needed to be in like responsive mode to everybody and be there for everybody all the time. And it was just not sustainable. It's just not sustainable. Mm -hmm. And so setting those boundaries and like sticking to that was the best thing that I truly ever did for myself and my business, because it kind of gave me that like permission to say, no, like this is not within my allotted time. This is not what I had set this time aside for. It's either like, hey, this ha- a team member needs to take this on or just an opportunity we're going to have to turn away. So all that to be said is I completely agree with you. I think that's like one of the best things people can do for themselves. And like you said, sometimes you feel like a maybe like a stickler a little bit like, hey, this mm-hmm. is what this is my rule. But like you have those in place for a reason, because again, it boils down to your priorities and what are those priorities. And for me, it's my son. Mm-hmm. Right. And so my time is dedicated to him first and everything else falls in after that. You probably found that you're way more productive when you have those boundaries too, because you know what to do. Yes, I was going to say that earlier when you were talking about that. I was like, it is amazing what I can accomplish in the time that I'm given now compared to what I did previously. It's crazy because then you're not like, oh, I'll work on this. It's like, no, I have to get this done by nine (laughs) o'clock and there's no ifs, ands, or buts and you'll get it done by 830. (laughs) Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and then, so for our last question, we always like to talk about systems a little bit, cause that's obviously what we do. And we like to incorporate that, but, um, on our team, we obviously like we eat, breathe, live out of ClickUp. That's like our big go-to system that we always recommend for our personal clients. But I'm curious to know what are some of your favorite platforms that you utilize in your own business? Okay. I hear a lot of clients talk about ClickUp, but I have never used it. I like to keep things as simple as possible, but I am yeah. faithful to Asana. I even use it for homeschool and I implemented it in with my son. And it's so funny because like I'll see, I'll have a notification in Asana that there's something in my inbox and it's him checking off his work. And I thought, you yeah. know, for the kid who was not self-led at all, he loves having his, this is what I got to do today. So now it's homeschool yeah. and work and business. So Asana is always up on my screen. Um, I, I like to run pretty lean. So I use the free version and it, I love it. It's, I don't know what I would do without it. Um, and then I, I kind of use like the basics. Um, I use Flow desk and I use um, all the Google stuff, but I keep everything as simple as possible. The more is not the merrier for me. Yeah, I I would agree with you. That's what we recommend to our clients is always having as lean of a system as possible because there are so many different platforms and tech and software that you can use that it just adds more complication to your business than what's necessary. So we always tell, you know, we'll have clients say, well, this person uses this. So I do, or they use this. I'm like, you need to use what's best for you, right? Like if we're always focusing on the other person and our, you know, next to us in a race and we're not going to win our race, Mm -hmm. right? We need to focus on our own lane and look at actually what's serving our business. And so just because there's all these bells and whistles out there doesn't mean that we need to use all of them because it's just adding more clutter. And especially if you have a team that you're working with, like that also makes it more overwhelming for your team because, oh, I need to go to this place to do this and this Mm -hmm. place to do that. Like condense it, keep it as lean as possible, keep it as simple as you can. And that's going to ultimately lead to people being more productive and efficient with their time. Oh yeah. And then I'm sure you run into this where people are using too many things and then there's a ton of band-aids in between everything. This won't work with this. And then you have a thousand zaps created and it's like, what what kind of monster did I just create? (laughs) 
A hundred percent all the time. We get that all the time. And, and that's like, I think one of the big reasons we like ClickUp too. And Asana is also great. I used to be in Asana all the time, um, was just because it's, it's given us the ability to eliminate other platforms. So like, as an example, we used to use Airtable, but then ClickUp, you know, basically turned into, well, as they evolved, got to a place where what they did or how you could manipulate ClickUp was basically doing the same thing that Airtable did. So that's why we chose it is just because like we wanted to eliminate less, you know, more and more platforms. So we had less in our business. So totally, totally agree with you there. So, um, well, Lindsay, thank you so much for joining us today. It was so nice talking to you and you're just a wealth of knowledge. So if anybody is interested in working with you or getting in touch, you know, what are your, what's your offer right now? Um, how do people get in touch with you website? Um, and for everybody listening, we will be linking all these things in the show notes. Well, I have a lot to offer because I've been around for a long time. Um, the easiest way to go find everything that I have is going to lindsaymaloney.com. I have a $5 membership for coaches called the Confident Coach Club that's been around for years. I deliver new classes every single month and it's always growing. Um, and if you want to take it up a notch, you can join the Standout Coaching Academy. That's my signature program and that'll help you completely create and scale your coaching business. And then I do have some one-on-one -on -one packages that people can select as well. And I show up on Instagram very faithfully. So if you have a question, you can definitely send me a DM. Amazing. Okay, perfect. And like I said, everybody listening, we have all that linked in the show notes for you guys. So you guys have quick and easy access if you're interested in joining. Um, and Lindsay, as for every episode, we always like to wrap up with some fun rapid fire questions. So are you ready for your questions? Yes, I am ready. Okay. Sam, these are honestly pretty hard. I don't think I can answer these. I know. I um, These are okay. just terrible. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. What is your favorite TV show? My favorite TV show? Anything old. I don't like anything new. So I'll say Mary Tyler Moore is what comes to my mind right now. Okay. Awesome. That's honestly, I don't know if I could pick my favorite TV show. I always like go to Friends. Like Friends is like my comfort TV show. Mm. I always have Friends on mm -hmm. the background. Um, and then what is your favorite food? Anything sweet, cook homemade cookies. I just had those last night. Like I was like having such a craving. My husband, he was out running errands. Like, can you pick up some chocolate chip cookies? <laughs> <laughs> he did, literally last night. Um, and then, what is your favorite place that you've traveled to? I am not a traveler. I like to stay home. I mean, I don't really go. I mean, home. <laughs> I just don't, I don't like hey, traveling very much. I grew out no, of that. I get it. I, I used to travel a ton and then we settled down here. I had my kiddos and I just like being home or my kid, my son. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> and I just like being home. Like I really do. It's like, we don't really, I mean, not that we're, we don't have much of us. We have a 19 month old. So like yeah. social life right now, is not super big anyways, but like we're both kind of homebodies oh, at yeah. this point. We like, like our, our home is our haven. So it is, it I is. Get it. And then when you're not working, I was going to ask, how do you like to spend your time? But it sounds like your time is pretty, pretty spread. It's pretty, it's right pretty now. full. Um, I love baking and being in the kitchen. I feel comfortable there and it makes me happy. That's what I'm going to do right after this. I mean, if I could be baking all day, I would be. I love that. That's awesome. I love cooking. I hate doing the dishes. Like I hate the dishes so much. It's like if I could have just somebody that's over my shoulder while I'm in the kitchen cooking, because I love making these big elaborate dishes, yeah. but the mess afterwards. I, know. I need like three dishwashers in my kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, that's the perfect life hack is having multiple dishwashers. Yeah, no kidding, right? Um, <laughs> 
Yeah. Especially like with kids, I'm sure. I mean, you get it. I'm sure you're just, it's like my, I clean up my kitchen. I'm so proud of it. And then turn around 10 minutes later and it's just, it's chaos. It's a mm-hmm. mess. It's, yeah. For some reason, everyone thinks they need to use eight cups a day in our house. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I agree. And then what did you want to be when you grew up as a kid? So when you were a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? Well, I wanted to work at the cafe and live in a mansion. <laughs> But I always wanted to be a mom. I always pretended to be a mom and I always implemented something like I am in the office doing something. Like my grandpa would bring home his extra um, office supply papers and whatever for me to play with. And I just I just loved that. So for surely a mom and then somehow playing office got into my real life. Well, it looks like you accomplished both of those things. So it looks like you. I wanted to be Indiana Jones, so like my dream hasn't quite come true yet. So you never know. We're still working on it. I'm not like totally writing it off yet, but um, sounds like you've accomplished that. But um, anyways, Lindsay, like I said, thank you so much for joining us today and like uh, chatting with us. Like I said, you've just been a wealth of knowledge and it's been such a good conversation. And for everybody listening, everything is going to be linked in the show notes again. And um, we will see everybody on next week's episode. And again, thank you so much, Lindsay. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Back End Brain Podcast. If you have a minute, share what you heard with a friend, leave us a review or DM us on Instagram to let us know what you want to hear next. Don't forget to join us next week as we continue to dig into the the world of business systems and tech.